When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi everyone, welcome back to another show. This is episode 172. I'm a firm believer that success influences and breeds success and today's guest Kareem Webb along with his business partner Edward Barnett have created a successful model for opening restaurants in the inner city starting with South Central Los Angeles. Now not only is their restaurant Buffalo Wild Wings in Baldwin Hills providing its community members with valuable skills and job opportunities unprecedented for the demographics in the area but Kareem and Edward are making a profit doing it. So on today's show, Kareem joins me and he's going to speak about motivation and know-how from two small business experts on how to create customers where perhaps you didn't think they could exist successfully and in turn create morale that will inevitably boost high profits while also transform a community and inspire the very people who help your business thrive. Kareem's also going to share the top 10 needs of small business owners today and why they are important, as well as how to balance a lifestyle packed with both professional and social responsibilities to keep your business growing and evolving within the marketplace. Lots of great stuff we're going to dive into today. So welcome to the show, Kareem. Thank you for having me. No, my pleasure, my pleasure. So tell me, before we dive in to some of the 10 needs of small business owners and such, how many restaurants do you currently own and manage and and how many do you see in your future? Well, with Buffalo Wild Wings, we currently own and operate three units in uh, Southern California Mm -hmm. and we've got an area development agreement to develop uh, three additional units. Mm. So we'll be adding about one unit per year over the next three years. Mm, wonderful. And obviously, the, you know, the business model that you have is really successful, which has enabled you to continue to grow and grow in the future as well. So share with us today, what do you think has made you two such successful partners through so many epic adventures together? Because joining and having a partnership has its benefits and certainly can be successful, but then there are also stories stories where unfortunately partnerships broke up. So we'd love for you to share some of those successes. Well, the first thing is that there's trust Mm -hmm. and uh, neither one of us have broken the other person's trust. That's one. And two, our skill set are complementary. So Mm -hmm. Ed really handles the marketing and the office and administration in our business. And I'm responsible for the operations, the hiring and the development of the team and the operation of the restaurant as well as the construction Mm -hmm. and development part. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And because um, our areas of responsibility are separate and delineated, you know, even when we may have different ways that we would go about it, we'll talk about it. And But at the end of the day, if it kind of rests in his lane, he gets the final say. If it rests in my lane, I get the final say. And I think we both know and believe that our success is dependent upon the other. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we don't violate each other's trust and we respect each other's ability to make good decisions with our area of responsibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and it, it's, it's worked out that way. That's fantastic. And it's great that you both do have very unique skill sets and they're complementary to one another because obviously if you both have the same skill sets and there's going to be gaps in the business that are not being uh, looked after and managed. So tell me, when you went into or were thinking about partnership, because I'm, I know that there's going to be listeners today possibly at the um, the brink of perhaps saying yes to a partnership, did you actually sit down with Ed and then identify, okay, where do your skills lie? Where do you really feel passionate about running and, and taking over that area of the business? Is that something that you did or did it just kind of evolve and, and happen on its own? I think it was a pretty kind of a combination of both. Once mm-hmm. we, we decided that we were open to the possibility of doing business together, we didn't know what kind of business. And then the Buffalo Wild Wings franchise kind of came to our attention or came to my attention and I presented it to Ed. Ed has a very significant finance background. Mm -hmm. So he was able to do due diligence on the brand itself and the health of the brand and the trajectory of the brand, you know, as a financial advisor. And I have a tremendous amount of restaurant experience. And so I was able to look at the complexity of the operation and they weren't you know, in the area, they weren't in Southern California, mm-hmm. which is where we operate. And so I was able to kind of get a feel for what I thought that that concept would do in Southern California. And, and so it was complimentary from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Then we just began to go through the process of what it took to become a franchisee, you know, locate real estate, sign leases, develop, open, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we just started by agreeing that this is that being in business together is something that we were open to. And then the opportunity kind of just came across us, fell in our lap, and we just took the ball and ran with it. Yeah, yeah. The reason why I asked that is that yesterday I was just in conversation with a gentleman who has been put in charge alongside someone else. So basically they have now taken over a new division in a company. So they're running it like their own CEOs, yet he now sees that there are certain skills and areas lacking in his business partner, so to speak, yet is finding it very difficult to have that conversation. And I do think that really right at the start, they probably hadn't really gone through and recognized what where each other's strengths lay. And, and so now he's unfortunately having to take on a lot of the responsibilities, which he initially thought the business partner was going to take over. And that really needs to be open. There needs to be transparency there too, because I think that really does underpin what you said was so important, trust. Because once that trust has been somewhat diminished, do you think that it can ever be developed to a point or, or grown back to a point where the partnership can still continue to flourish? Well, you know, I think anytime you're in a, in a partnership, the workload is never equal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're in a 50-50 partnership or wherever the, the, the split lies in terms of revenues and, and how you share the money that you're making, hopefully, inherently, we're all at some point in time going to have the idea that we're not getting as much as, you know, out of the situation as we're putting in, mm-hmm. most likely. 
And so in order to be able to fight those feelings, right, in order to be able to have a conversation with yourself and say, wait a minute, what's in my best interest here? What's in my best interest is for our business not to fall apart, mm-hmm. is you got to be able to trust the integrity of the other person, even if their competency is somewhat lacking. As long as they have integrity, I think you may be able to work through mm-hmm. what their shortcomings are. Not that you take on their responsibility, but hopefully be able to have a conversation and come to an agreement about what's wanted and needed in the business and what's lacking and what's not happening mm. uh, and come to an agreement about that and then try to figure out, okay, what is the solution? How do yes. we need to uh, compensate for the fact that maybe that's not your core competency or you haven't learned that skill yet, even though it's needed. So we need to bring that level of expertise into the business or outsource it in order to, to fulfill that need. And then what does that cost? And then how is it fair moving forward? Mm, wise words, I think. And often people tend to, because there is some aspect of don't want to use the word bravery, but can't think of anything. It it can be a little bit scary to have this kind of conversation to say, hang on a minute, you know, there's something that's happening that I'm not too happy about. Let's discuss it. And sometimes people tend to want to not discuss, have those awkward situations. And it needs to be said sooner than later, because um, if it's not, then it certainly can get to a stage where everything just falls apart. So really wise words there. So for, for you and for Ed, on the days where it doesn't all seem possible, because you said so yourself, there are so many different things to be managed, all lots of cogs in the wheel of, of business. What keeps the pep in your step? What keeps the pep in my, in my step is the young people that we touch mm-hmm. in the business. But to piggyback on one of the, the last topic that we were talking about, and one of the things that I wanted to offer too is that's also helpful and transparency is measurement. Mm. So if as uh, partners you're agreeing periodically, and we do it every Monday, every week, we're measuring the business and the numbers don't lie. So <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, your responsibilities are or are not being handled and we're agreeing to measure it. And then I think it makes it easier for there not to be this buildup of frustration or lack of communication about what the business reality is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but back to your current question, it's the young people. Is the fact that in our industry specifically, the restaurant industry, we have the ability to hire a lot of entry-level people. Mm. And these are a lot of lives. And especially in urban areas, young people are by and large undereducated They come from families that have challenges. They've experienced trauma in their life. Mm. So they're undereducated in many or most cases. They're really underloved. They haven't been afforded the same opportunities in life that many of us were afforded Mm -hmm. and and afford our children. Yes. And as a person that's conscientious about that, being an entrepreneur who has maybe 100 jobs per unit gives you really the opportunity to make an impact. If you're dynamic in your leadership, if you're, you know, looking at these people as, yes, we've got to be outstanding as operators. You've got to come and you've got to do a job. But wait a minute, I'm going to you're a whole person. Mm -hmm. And this opportunity to work for us here and be a part of this team can be a catalyst to bigger and better things for you in your life. Mm -hmm. And this we're going to help you establish, identify and accept that the behavior and your approach to this job will give you the opportunity to be successful later on in life mm-hmm. if you approach it that way. And this is why it's in your best interest. Yes. And engage in that conversation. 
And being in that conversation of watching the development of young people is really what, you know, makes it exciting to get mm. up every day for us. I mean, such a privilege and an honor to know that you're impacting and being able to influence possibility and ultimately greatness because I think when a young person has someone that believes in them, gives them good leadership, you know, good uh, model to follow and that that support, they can start to recognize the value that they have to offer. Don't you think? That's exactly correct. And, you know, when young people, when, you know, I've seen the, see the light that goes on in their eyes. Mm. So as soon as they, as you can get them to understand that they can create for themselves whatever they want to create in their lives, right? And their life is not relegated to despair and hopelessness and whatever they thought was the limitations for their life. But no, there's the possibility for more. Mm -hmm. They're all of a sudden engaged and turned on and their behavior is positive. And they are some of the most loyal employees and they're just amazing people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it is a very, 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 very empowering and great feeling that to every day to be involved in a business where that's the underlying culture of the business. Yeah. Now, speaking of influencing and uh, impacting the lives of of youth, now I know that you had a pop-up restaurant at Dorsey High School in Los Angeles and it gained coverage on three major American television news syndicates. And you also raised... Uh, thousands of dollars for the school's entrepreneurship and small business program. Would love for you to share how you came up with this idea and why you think it's important to inspire local youth in that way. Well, you know, one is just being available and open to possibilities. I had heard about this high school. The high school wasn't far from our restaurant in the Crenshaw District, which is inner city of L.A., and there were just teachers in our restaurant experiencing happy hour one day, and we were having a conversation. They invited me to the school. I went to the school. I saw how they had an entrepreneurial and business development program, and they partnered with companies, mm-hmm. marketing firms and Target and banks, but they didn't have a, a restaurant partner, and they had a culinary department. So we agreed. We developed a curriculum, which was a semester-long curriculum. It was a 15-week program where we spent about an hour and a half every Thursday and took these young people, a class of 35 kids who developed their own restaurant concept. They did market research. They came up with the branding, the logo. They developed their own social media strategy. They sold meals, you know, pre-sold meals in order to raise money to procure the, all the ingredients needed. They worked with the students in the culinary department and actually managed them to cook and produce the food. And then they held, we opened the pop-up restaurant one afternoon for about three hours and we served over 400 people. And they made about $7,500 and their cost was $3,000. So they had a P&L and went through the entire P&L process, understood all the line items. They had to rent the space. They had to pay utilities. Mm. They had to pay theoretical labor costs. And it really went all, all insurances, et cetera. And they used their profits. And we went to a Los Angeles Dodgers baseball outing mm-hmm. together as a group. And we were able to get on the field and see players and do all that stuff. So it was, it was an overall awesome experience. But they began to understand margins, productivity, mm. uh, planning, business planning, market research mm-hmm. in order to come up with their concept, right? You know, if we've got 
20 burger stands or taco places in the neighborhood? What is not there? What's an opportunity to do business that would be add value to the market where we could market it? It would be unique and we would be able to get customers. So we went through that process in 15 weeks and they opened and all the students had a phenomenal time and learned a great deal. Oh, I can imagine. Can you imagine? I mean, just looking or thinking back to my youth in, in high school, to think if there was a program on offer similar to that, I mean, the skills and the experience that would have been afforded them. And now, I mean, how many sparks of, you know, entrepreneurship and ideas and everything for, for them to have that seed planted in them now, can you imagine the... The impact that's going to make on the decisions they have on the subjects and how they're going to now steer, yeah, their their school life, but obviously ultimately their career as well. Exactly. Just incredible. And we're in contact with a lot of those students. Yeah, terrific. And I think in this day and age, and I'm not too sure how many schools do this over in the, the US. I know Australia here, where I am based, they do have some kind of business schools, but I think entrepreneurship is not really taught or even considered as an option. You know, run your own business. You know, don't have to work for the man, so to speak. Create right. your own create your own business and, and then ultimately impact the lives of many other people who will then become part of your team, part of your company, part of your organization. So it's uh, certainly something which I'm sure many of those students now will will be uh, yeah diving into. So let's talk about some of the needs of small business owners today which you think are really important. You know, as a small business owner, we are consistently having our margin squeezed. Mm. So we need, uh, whether it's through subsidies or, and I, and I believe strongly, especially in our industry, we've got a lot of pressure on us in the United States with respect to minimum wage and the, mm. and the increasing of wages. And that obviously impacts your margins, which you have to address. You've got loan uh, uh, covenants that you have to meet. You know, in order to grow, banks are, are looking at uh, your profitability. It can't really shrink. It's got to maintain, be constant. Mm -hmm. And so then you end up having to do more with less people, which is impactful, especially in the most challenged areas with the highest unemployment. It's not really what you want to be doing, looking for ways to change your business model in order to be more productive with less labor. Yes. So I think in our industry, especially in the hospitality industry, we ought to be pursuing legislation and policy that uh, can offset and compensate us for the role that we play in employing young people who would otherwise be a burden on the taxpayer, mm-hmm. i.e., I, a juvenile justice or um, you know some other sort of government subsidy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's one thing that we need as small business people. I think the burden of having health care in the United States again on the employer is is pretty taxing on the em- employer, and again, it just impacts margins. And it's the, the tighter our margins get, the more it impacts, obviously, price and you know, our ability to employ and pay people. Mm. So I think those are the needs. You know, obviously, you know, we can always talk about infrastructure and the cost of a good and, and how infrastructure plays a part in that. But I think policy, uh, especially with respect to labor, is um, one thing that I think all small business people 
could benefit from. Mm. And I think ultimately too, I mean, if you have a happy team, that is going to impact the morale of everybody and even the atmosphere and especially in a hospitality industry where your team is often right at the core face of dealing with customers your customers aren't happy if they sense, you know, something going on. That's certainly going to, yeah, that that's certainly going to reflect negatively on on the business itself. I mean, here in Australia, very very different. Companies do not really have to pay healthcare. That's on on the individual uh, person. And I know in the hospitality industry, uh, where our government may decide that, uh, you know, this is going to be a public holiday now. Some cafes, some of the smaller cafes, have actually had to close their doors. Because the wages here in Australia are quite phenomenal. I think just a normal, you know, casual person working in a restaurant is getting anywhere between twenty to twenty-five dollars an hour. So if you start paying time and a half, and then on a Sunday and a public holiday, you're talking triple time. I think that's in discussion whether that's going to now be eliminated. But if you're having to pay someone, you know, customer service sixty-six or you know dollars or, or more. That is, and just one person, you can imagine that is going to really kick into the profit or eat into the profit. So, quite different here in in Australia for sure. Man, I I feel bad about complaining. Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, the hospitality industry and and even casual workers, because if you're working casual, you get paid an extra 20% on top of the normal if you're part-time, you know, full-time because of the fact that you don't get holiday pay and and so forth. But I think it's quite different here in Australia. We don't have tips or anything like that too. But I see in in the US, you know, there's certainly where, you know, a lot of those staff do, that's where they really do generate uh, the income too within that. So it's interesting that the comparison between both those industries. Now, I know here in Australia, and I'm sure over in the US as well, the hospitality industry is a very, very busy one. They work a lot more hours in comparison than to some other industries. And of course, you know, your business owners have family and other commitments as well. So how do you balance lifestyle packed with both professional and social responsibilities so that you can still keep your business growing and evolving? You know, as a leader, it's our responsibility to grow our team and develop our team. And that's what I believe in doing. So our general managers, that's their job to be the general manager. So I'm there to support them. I'm there to inspect what I expect, but I'm not there to do their job. That stunts their development. And so, you know, I felt like I have the time to do all of the things, both for my family, for my community and the philanthropic things that I do, as well as, you know, continue to lead my team Mm -hmm. to be excellent operators of the concept that we're involved with, Buffalo Wildwings. Yeah. It's important, isn't it, I think, for any business, for any uh, senior executive, CEO, senior management, really to empower the team. It's from the top down. And if you inspire and empower your team, then, you know, they are then not going to need to, to be managed. They're going to be empowered to continue delivering the best quality service and continue to really maintain, yeah, the level of professionalism that you as the, the business owner wants out there in, in the marketplace. Is there any other last words of advice that you would like to leave with someone who perhaps is struggling in their hospitality business? Well, a couple of things. To piggyback on what we just talked about is information. I've seen a lot of people that are leaders in the restaurant industry don't like to give information. In other words, share financials, et cetera, with mm-hmm. their team. 
And I believe, I mean, without uh, sharing all the administrative details, profit after controllable PAC and cash flow numbers, mm. to share that information, especially with the management teams in the restaurants or in your business in general. I think the more people are exposed to how well the restaurant or the, the business is or isn't doing, the more they can connect their performance to the results that the business is getting. And I believe in holding them accountable, not just to a task, but to an actual financial result. Mm -hmm. And that seems to work. But the most important thing, you know, I, I would finish with is kind of where we started, is that, you know, in all of our businesses, it's really about a human exchange. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we get caught up in the day-to-day -day duty of what it takes in order to execute at our business. And we can sometimes forget that our customers or our guests, our employees, we are all human mm. and, we've all, and we all have a want and need for ourselves, our families and our lives. And the more that we can tap in to what people want and help them get it, the more we'll get what we want. And I know it's pretty basic, but it works. Yes, absolutely. Very, very wise words. I think um, those relationships with people is definitely going to flow on to customers, which is definitely going to flow on to uh, yeah, to revenue and ultimately to profits. So Kareem, if someone is listening today and would love to, to connect with you, how would they do that? They could just go on my website. It's Kareem Webb, K-A-R-I-M-W-E-B-B.com and my contact information and a little bit of press stuff and social media stuff is all there. Terrific. And of course, we've got all of the details. You've given us some great articles, which we've put under the additional information. So lots of great articles that you've provided as well. So if you want to dive in and get some more information about some of the other tips and strategies around business, uh, we certainly can go to the show notes at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES172. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Kareem. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure and an honor. Yeah, great. So there you go. If you're in the hospitality industry, you hear as someone that uh, with his business partner has developed some successful uh, restaurants to so go in and connect with him and check out all of the articles. The link again is ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES172. If this is the first time that you are joining us, it really has been a pleasure and an honor to, to spend a bit of time with you each and every week. We do have another guest expert with uh, lots of different topics you know business there's a lot of different areas a lot of different functions to running a business and every week we have another guest expert to share their wisdom to help you take your business to the next level maybe you've got a, a, some expertise that you want to share reach out to us we'd love to feature you on the show as well until next week have a fabulous week subscribe to our itunes channel if you haven't already so that we automatically send you uh, uh, each podcast once it's uh, released so until then have a fantastic week bye for now this podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.